Gentlemen, welcome to episode 100. 100. We do this 100 times, and you people listen to us actually do a podcast 100 times. Kind of crazy. I am your co-host, Chad D-Domenesis, and as always, recently as always, I am joined by Bill Shockey and Anthony Siandra. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, Chad? Episode 100. Yeah, it's crazy. I might even get a little sentimental here. I don't, Anthony, I don't know if you know this. We, um, Chad and I actually started, it was called From the High Slot. Oh. And it was a all-NHL podcast. Uh-huh. Made it maybe like, what do you think, 10 to 20 episodes, and then we decided to, you know, focus in on the Buffalo Sabres and do what we know and what we love best. And, so the uh, first 20 of these 100 were, were full-blown across the league, or did you start at scratch again when you went Sabres? It was full-blown across the league. All right. Entirely. That's awesome. Yep. yep. Eight. I did not here know we that. are. Yeah, one hundred. It's me. crazy. Yeah. It's, it's really, if you think about it. I mean, I promise everyone listening, we'll get into the Jeff Skinner thing shortly here. But like, <laughs> we have two it, hours to fill. We do have two hours to fill, <laughs> so we're gonna drag some stuff on here. So it, it's it's kind of crazy if you think about it. It's like I don't know. It was like we were just, we were just two guys. It was like, hey, we always talk about hockey. Let's do a podcast. First one failed. We're like, you know, what? we're really good with the Sabers. Let's just do a Sabers podcast. And hundred episodes later. And we even have more exciting news at the end, or whatever I throw it in. I don't know if it's at the end, the middle, whatever I try to throw it in, about how we're growing, developing, transitioning, and then we brought Anthony along because you figure he's an okay guy, so why not make it three? I Kevin Durant it in my way. I just waited, waited, waited for like 95 episodes. just like, now, strike. <laughs> Are you going to leave at like 150? You're going to like move to like... There's just going to be a picture of me on Twitter, like my next chapter, and it's going to be some other podcast. <laughs> You're going to go to Ostrander's podcast? I guess you're going to... <laughs> well, I mean, no, that's what you decided is what it is, I guess. But uh, 
But yeah, it's, this, is, this is also the thing. It's our first live podcast, like on location. We've done live ones, but yeah. like on location somewhere. So this is different. This is exciting. It's uh, it's something this summer to kind of keep people engaged and going on about. Um, we're gonna try to do that. We're gonna try to be more around the community, get around, do some different things. Because in the summer, it's dead. It's slow. So this, I guess, maybe stop one of the few stops that I'm trying to line up this summer, and it's kind of cool. I mean, I, I think Riverworks. I was talking with somebody today that might be on our radar kind of soon here. So, so yeah, I mean, it's it's fun, it's exciting, it's a little bit raucous here. There's some intense card games going on, but in general, you know, it, it's cool. It's a good atmosphere, a good vibe. So yeah, it looks like we got some, the beginnings of some buffalo chicken dip uh, over <laughs> to my right here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good catch there. Good atmosphere, and you know the, the posters up are pretty sweet. So, well, you've got a blood mage going up against a paladin over there. You got to break out the chicken wings. <laughs> I apologize to every gamer out there. Those were the only two <laughs> things that just even sounded a little correct. I would have never even tried to take a stab at that. <laughs> so, if you don't know, we are at Iron Buffalo, uh, corner of Miller's Park and Eggert. I'm pretty sure. I'm looking out the window trying to verify that, and I can't tell. But that's where we are. We're here from now until. Around 3 o'clock, we'll see how long this podcast goes. We have a lot of topics, a lot to talk about. Uh, so we're going to be here for the next couple hours, kind of dishing some Sabres talk out. So now that we've got the sentimental part out of the way, I think at this point we should dive right into it. So the good news is I don't have to sit here on my phone this entire podcast and keep refreshing to see if Jeff Skinner signed because that happened last night. I think I think the actual good news is that you're alive. That is true. That is true. <laughs> I don't see many pitchforks. Uh, Anthony right. brought one. And right. Told him he's not going to right. need it. That's a good point. That is true. Dude, leave it in the car. <laughs> hey, come on, man. <laughs> Anthony did take a little bit too seriously when why, he got here. Why are you dressed like Bruce Bolton, you psychopath? <laughs> oh, that's good. But eight years, $72 million, nine per, nine per, no movement clause, full no trade clause, um, some lockout protection as you'd expect with signing bonuses. I guess we can go around the room, maybe Anthony will start with you because you're the farthest away. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, once it became kind of a, you know, the reality struck in that the deal was going to be nine or or perhaps more, um, I think the consensus was, and I was part of the consensus, that that was fine. Do it for nine. Because my, ma- you know, I mean, my, my self-imposed maximum, right, like my own brain was like 8.5 throughout kind of the whole thing. And, you know, what is half a million to keep a 40-goal scorer? It's like if it's, if it's going to take nine, make it nine, get them for the eight years, just do what you got to do. You can't lose that guy. Too many holes on the roster. Too many outstanding issues that were existing. You know, even if you did, even if we, you know, even that we are bringing him back, there those issues still exist. To compound on that by losing your top goal scorer and one of your top three offensive players, I think it's fair to say maybe top three players overall. Um, yeah, they had to get it done, and I'm glad that they did. Yeah, I mean, just kind of how Twitter went from nervous if he was going to sign or not to basically full-blown panic over the last two days uh people putting out scenarios of what the team would look like if he did go i mean it was just i didn't want to look at it i'm glad we don't have to anymore uh so yeah i I mean to both your points we've talked about a lot you know skinner's had the leverage it's kind of botterill tried to wait it out but everyone knew he was going to have to eventually just pony up hey skinner what he was going to you know what he was asking for uh and it's just you can't let a guy like that walk especially with the state of the team now i mean you can't afford it and you're not going to be able to replace a guy like that yeah i, I, I mean what are you going really what do you say what are you going to do you really can't do anything you have you just have to pay him 
uh, sure, is $9 million going to be a slight overpayment? Probably. But that's what you do. That's you, that's you have to do to keep your good players. I mean, it's one of the best even strength scorers in the game. We all know about how his offense, how he drives play, how he helps his teammates, how he scores, how he creates offense. Penalties. Penalty deferential. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all there. It's all out there. If you just look at goals alone... Which something that was happening a lot on Twitter last night when it came out. Everyone's like, wow, $9 million for a guy who scored 40 once. And really, he's like, at best, a 25 to 30 goal scorer. Well, it's more than that. If you just use points and you just use goals in evaluating players, I think in this age, I think you're not doing it right. You're not doing it service. than using plus minus as a viable metric. Right. There's so much more, I think, that happens. And I, I think in today's hockey that people have to understand there's so much more impact that a player can have. A player that scores... 25 points a season can be an integral impact player of a team, but only if we look at him, it's like it's a 25 point player, who cares? But if you look at everything else he does on the ice defensively, uh, impacts his team moving forward. There's so much more that just there's not enough credit given to these players, and and, and, and I think you know it's funny, but I think all those people who are mad about it would be even more mad if he left. So it's like it's like really a lose lose, you can't be happy because. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right, exactly. So it's. Well, for me, here's the thing, too. You also have one guy who is signed just as long as him, and that's a 22 year old Jack Eichel who's going to be riding shotgun with Jeff Skinner for the rest of his contract and probably career here in Buffalo. Um, I mean, it's just. Skinner hasn't had that guy before. He's had him now, and look what he did. And now you are not only betting on Skinner keeping up with that, but as long as. Like, in my opinion, barring injury. If he's on Jack Eichel's wing for entire seasons, he's getting 30 goals for at least the next four or five years. Yeah, I'm actually glad you, you said that, right? Because I think in Skinner's situation, it's a little bit unique where, uh, you know, for his extension, you almost have to wipe his previous slate clean, you know what I mean, the years before he got to Buffalo, because who were his centers? You know, Derek Ryan, I think, was his most prominent center the last year, you know, in Carolina before coming here. So it's almost not fair to say, well, he only did 40 once. It's like, yeah, but he only had Jack Eichel as a center once. Right. So, you know what I mean? It's a lot of money. And I get, you know, I get why people are apprehensive and, you know, sure. But it's worth it. And, I, you know, Ben Matheson, who I think we've probably each linked his article maybe 12 times. I was just going to say, yeah, alone. I was just going to bring that up. The uh, percentage yeah. of the cap at, at Die by the Blade, Ben had a really, really excellent uh, article kind of explaining why it's really not an overpayment uh, because of the amount of, or percentage rather, of the cap space that that contract will occupy and how it compares to others. Um, but I want to circle back to one thing you just said. Yeah, Botterill had to do it because there's no way he could have like followed it up. Like, well, we lost Skinner, but here's Matt Duchesne for like a little less money. It's like or the same exact money. What, or the same exact money. Oh God, yeah, that's sure, right? I mean, he's probably going to get nine million on the open market. So? Yeah. I mean, he he what? He was going to get eight from eight eight for eight from Ottawa. Now he, Kevin Hayes probably is going to go to Philadelphia, right? Right. So he goes out as the unquestioned best player center on the market. That's true. Skinner's off the market. We know Panarin's probably going to Florida. Yeah. So like he's so the unquestioned. Yeah, right. That's who's going against right. Andres right. Lee and Jordan Everett. No, you're right. You're right. He's the unquestioned best player in the market now, and I, I think he's getting nine from somebody. It's just I guess Nashville or was Nashville or Montreal was the other one. So both those, you know, Nashville is creating space to try to go after him. Montreal has a ton of space. So I, I think he's going to get it. And, again, you know, the thing we've talked about maybe all three of us a lot in terms of Duchesne, where if you want to go get him, fine. But my whole issue with it is he's, a, I think, a year and a half older than Skinner yeah, he's now. 28. Yeah. Right? So 
if you're going to bring in those seven years, understand that you're going to get the end quicker. Yeah. Um, he has a history of some locker room stuff in his game, or in his, his past. He's a good player on the ice. I don't think his impact is as great as some people might think it is. But, and then the other thing is you just traded that guy yes. last offseason. Yes. So basically you're reacquiring the same player. You almost in a way just traded where Duchesne maybe gives you a little bit more electricity, I guess you could say, a little okay. bit more speed and fire to his game in a way yeah. offensively. But he doesn't have the same impact defensively as O'Reilly did. And For the sake of the 100th episode, can we just Voldemort his name? I think we should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to make a comparison. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, like to wrap it up. It's it's you. You're bringing you're bringing the same, again, not the same exact player, but you're bringing in a similar yeah. player at a more expensive cafe. So, again, if you want to go do that now that you have Skinner, fine, whatever. I won't love it, but I I, I really hated the idea of it being like your plan B. Well, yeah. we didn't get Skinner. Okay, but look at here, we have Matt Duchesne. Like, I I, did, I would have hated that idea, but you know that, that brings up the speaking to Shane, the cap space, which is I guess the other thing with Skinner here is. There's still about $20 million in cap space. There's only a handful of restricted free agents they have to sign. They're probably not going to bring Pominville back. You can create space if you're going to trade with Salonen. You can create space if you're going to trade other guys. But at the end of the day, this contract doesn't prohibit you from anything. He paused. You want me to pause? Well, you can't pause a lot. No, no. I was just saying, you know, it's being our first live. Okay. uh, We're, you know, still kind of new to this. We got some people here. If you guys want to swing around so you can hear us, if you want to jump in, ask some questions, like, go for it. Like, come on over, man. Like, jump in. Yeah, this this, it doesn't have to be just us for two hours. Like, (laughs) if you want to show up, you want to jump in, you want to say some stuff, you know, ask some questions, go for it. Like, we'll just keep talking, but if you have a question or a comment, throw it out and we'll answer it. Mike, Kanye it. All right. <laughs> uh, so we're finishing a minute, Chad. That's okay. I'm done. So where are we at? Uh, Skinner, Cat Money, you have space. And you're going to have more space next year. And you're going to lose Bogosian, uh, Hunwick's going to fall off, Saboka's going to fall off. Scandella. Scandella's going to fall off. Hopefully Sherry's this year he falls UFA. off. Sherry's going to be UFA. Where Sherry's interesting, though, because yeah. I thought he was like 28, 29. He's only 26. I, like I, remember I thought he was. I do. I'm prepared for like I do. some backlash on that. I I'm prepared for him to have a really good season this year. Yeah, he had a I lot of bad luck March. last year. Basically, yeah. like, look, if you expected something different with a rookie Casey Middlestad as his primary center, I'm sorry to inform you that this is about what you were getting production-wise. Yeah. Right. If you put him with a talented center or an experienced center at the very least, right, someone who's yeah. driving offense, that's when you get the best out of a Connor Sheary. Right. So, Tage Thompson was his most prominent right winger. It's like, guys, <laughs> right. did you really expect more than like thirty-two points or whatever he ended up yeah. with? Thirty-five. And so, even so, when he played, he he helped, he pushed, he yeah. pushed the offense. He yeah. did, he did. I mean, it's he came over. This with, is the stuff I love. Go, go ahead, no, go ahead. Well, let me pose this to you. So, if you believe that and you're GM, do you try and talk to him now? Kind of like we're going to get with Reinhardt? No. Not yet. You're not ready? But if you're willing to... Yeah, I am actually. I'd buy low on him if you think he's going to improve. You just said you think he's going to have a bounce back season. Why wouldn't you try to buy low now? Super long deal. But you spend him two, three years? Oh, I think I would. Do it now? I I would. Okay, I'm going to throw this back at you. Was Alex Nylander on my team to start the season? Okay, I'll put it this way. You're the general manager. Is Alex Nylander in your long-term plans? Because I think that matters with Encarage the Sherry. I tr- I'm in the same boat with Elanders I am with pretty much any prospect for the right deal. For the right deal. 
Yes. Okay. So maybe I don't know. If, if I mean, because if you think about it, your top two centers are yeah. now going to be Olsen and Skinner. Those are your top two left wingers. Okay. Which means at best he's your third line left winger. Okay. Talking about Sherry. No, I, I get it. I'm, not, I'm with you. I think that's ideal, actually. It's not bad. Because you want to draft, you want to trade up and get Alex Turcotte, right? So now you've got a center spine of Eichel, Middlestad, Turcotte. So conceivably down the line, or Eichel, Reinhardt, Reinhardt Turcotte. Okay. Conceivably down the line, you have a third line center who's ideal to pair with Sherry, and now you roll three lines of scoring. So yes, I do extend Connor Sherry regardless of night with. Regardless of whether D-Lander's on my team. What if you draft Cole Caulfield? Say that again? What if you draft Cole Caulfield? What if I draft Cole Caulfield? Well, shit, man. I'd probably trade trade D-Lander then. He becomes redundant, and this is probably the most valuable he'll be. I think there's an over 50% chance he's going to be less, you know, he's going to be good. But I think this is probably his his highest trade value you're going to get before you have to sign him to a deal, right? So, or extend him to something right. expensive. So, yeah, then I trade Nylander. I don't. I still negotiate with Shiri, though. Either way, I do. Let me say this real quick. I think this, this is the thing where Anthony, not that you're struggling with, but I think to Anthony's point, it's a little unfair for by Chad. Is I think this off season is very important, depending on the deals and the trades that are made uh-huh. and what other teams are asking. It's a lot for. of extenuating circumstances. Right. Well, I mean, like Nylander, If a team's asking for Nylander and you want the guy on the other end, yeah. you make the deal. You make right. the deal. But if you're not getting that, or you have him in the you know long term plans, right? You keep Nylander around, around, and you know he probably cracks lineup this year. I'm also not saying give Sherry five years at five million. No, no, he's, no. You know, I think you buy low on him though. He's he's a great contingency. Man. I, I would. I would put it this way. Worst case scenario, he's a trade chip. I wouldn't talk to him until after my offseason is done. That's fair. And by done, I mean, like, I see what wingers I bring in. I see what trades I do. If I can't bring in, like, Zucker and somebody else as a winger, and I look at my roster and be like, realistically, I could probably do Shiri for two more years to have him on my team, then okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know what the really important thing is that we're not talking about either? What the hell does Ralph Kruger think about all that? He well, might right. hate Siri. He might love Siri. He might have grand plans for Siri. And if that's the case, then I think that's the conversation they're having, saying, mm-hmm. you know, I see Siri as a perfect fit for my left or my third line winger. If you want to talk to him, I suggest you do that because if I can go two, three years at under four and I expect him to have a good year this year, now, now we're talking. I think then you're then you're buying low and you're getting that extension. Yeah, I guess I guess initially I thought we were operating under the premise that the roster is as it is right now. You know what I mean? Right, right. So different scenarios obviously change what, yeah. what you're doing, but. I still think you would be it would it would you'd be remiss if you didn't buy low if his, if he's saying yeah I need three years at what is he making now what's he at right now Bill he's at three he's at three okay I need three years at three and a half I think you do that because at worst he's a trade chip he's getting you an asset right. back where he may not you know what I mean as a rental and you may not want to have him as a rental if you're qual- or um you know in the playoff race yeah I don't think, think anybody's not trading for a series at three so here's That's one thing saying, right yeah. here's one thing we're not talking about either I guess I guess it flips it maybe to the other part maybe it's convoluting a little bit here mm-hmm. if you call Sherry on July 1st say hey want to talk contract does he want to talk contract with you he might not but he I might not. can make that call and he, but he might too 
it, it, it's again, it's it's actually it's a back. It's not as high profile, but it's back to the Reinhardt thing, where we yeah. talked about it at extent. I wanted to make the bet that he was going to have a good year and you know riding shotgun or whatever he was doing. That you extend him long term and give him the max now or you know max term. Yep. Um, we didn't do that, and now all of a sudden we're sweating because we're staring down possibly what six and a half seven. Yeah, I mean that that brings in it's perfect. That's a good transition, but good job. <laughs> Right here was our next topic here. So let me. So speaking of calling guys on seven one, I think all three of us are in agreement that we should call Reinhardt on July first and try yes. to get the deal done. Now I think we're also all three of us in agreement that Reinhardt's on a lap and hang up the phone, <laughs> but it's worth a try. So I went out before this morning and looked at three comparables. Okay, actually there's four here, but we'll be, we'll say the fourth guy because he's different. The first guy, Jake Gensel, just signed a contract. I think in October of 2018. He occupies, at the time of signing his contract, 7.55% of the cap. That's five years at $6 million per for $30 million. So last, in 17-18, he had 48 points. Last year, he had 76 points. Next guy, Alex Tuck. Again, he signed early in last year. 5.97%. Seven years at $4.75 million cap hit, $33 million. 37 points in 17-18, that was in 78 games. 52 points in 18-19, that was in 74 games. The last guy, this is the guy I brought up a lot when I wanted the Sabres to look into signing Reinhardt last year. It was Bo Bo Horvat. At the time he signed, 7.33% of the cap, $6 million at 5.5, which is $33 million. His last, one, two, three, his last four years, starting from... Farthest away to most recent, 40 points, 52 points, 44 points, 61 points. So, if you take the average of those three players and their cap hit percentages, actually, um, oh, I've got one more, JT Miller. 6.6% of the cap, 5.5 million, 5.5 years for 5.25 million, 43, 56, 48, 47 are his points totals the last four years. Of Miller, Horvat, and Gensel, I think Tuck is kind of out of it here. Of those three, the average cap percentage is 7.16, which is perfect, 7.16. So that equals out, of $83 million, that equals out $5.94 million, which can round up, that's 6 for 6. Now, he's not signing for 6 for 6. That's not happening. So I was like, okay, if we get him to sign this year, let's say we have to go to at least 6.5. Now, this is where the other guy comes in and it gets tricky, Willie Nylander. He just signed last year for seven years at $45 million. Now his cap hit is 6.9. Looking at it, if Reinhardt said to you this year, I'm going to take, I'll, I'll do it this year for 6.9 for seven years, or you'd probably do that. Yeah. But here's the trick. Since he signed it late, if you take seven divided by 45, that's actually a $7.5 million cap hit. Okay. So, I don't know if I wrote that. So, at 6.9, it's 8. 0.6% of the cap at the time. Okay. So if Reinhardt signed 6.9 this year, it's 8.3. Um, at 7.5, though, you're up in the 9%. So do we think Reinhardt is a player that is worth in the neighborhood of 7 to a little over $7 million, which occupies around 9% of your cap? I'll say this. You thought the Skinner contract was ugly. Wait till this comes back around. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they missed their window of opportunity a little bit, or, or maybe Because you probably could have got that Horvath deal last year if you did it. Right. Six years at 5.5. Right. Yeah. That. But, but, you know, are you asking me if Sam Reinhardt is worth seven and a half? I personally think he that was, that was, like, maybe my ceiling for him. I don't know. I would do it. I don't think you let him go. What's your number that if you call him, he says, okay, 
to sign this summer, I need this. Well, what's, what's the number? What's, what's the max? You want? Is it seven and a half? You want to go over? Oh. Well, I think if you want him to sign now, it'd be lower than that because you, you're, you're like expecting. Right, to get, that's what I'm saying. But he's saying, but to get him because he's thinking in his head, he's betting on himself again. I'm betting, I'll betting well, myself again, and I'll score 75 yeah, yeah, points, yeah. and you got to pay me. So well, he's going to ask for a high number to I, sign this year, right, right. and that's the crappy thing. Is again, Reinhardt has all the leverage here. Right, all he has to go is I'm doubling down on myself. Yeah, you were dumb enough to do it the first time. I'm going to do it again. Yeah, and even if I have. What an off year for him! Yeah, you're still giving him what six, six and a half. And a half. Yeah. So like he really can't lose in the scenario. The only thing different between Skinner is he's a restricted free agent, so he doesn't. So he really can't that, go anywhere. That's true. right. Right. So they have that, that over. Him. Yeah. Right. So back so to my question: What's your what's your max? You won't go over. Just not only that, you ask Skinner. Okay, what does it take to sign this year? But in your head, what's yeah. like if he comes back with this number? The answer is no. Okay, if he comes back, oh, I'll just stick with this round number. If he comes back over seven and a half without really diving into this, you know, deep yeah. enough, that's that's where I'm at. That's my I'll wait then because I don't. I'm not sure he'll surpass that. I know you disagree with me just by your eyeballs right now. I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I just think it's your rooting is why it could change in a second here for another thing sure. I'm going to bring up. But it's I think it. So you buried the lead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's. It, it's a, a it's a roll of the dice again. It's a roll of the dice again. That's it's all. It's the first betrayal. Of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, long way to go out here, boys. <laughs> yeah, it's been a half hour. There's many betrayals that come still. <laughs> betrayal one of four. <laughs> Brought to you by BB and Charities. <laughs> That's real nice. Oh, this goat Chad opened the door, and there was an ogre behind it. <laughs> <laughs> Chad rolled a twenty defense critical. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> But no, I mean seriously, it's. I think it's. It's tough because I think if you're trying to get him to sign now, it's you're get, you're trying to not do what you think the max would be, obviously next year, because you're trying to get ahead of that. Right. So I think you're probably if I'm Botchel, you're looking at can I get him seven or under now? Because if he has another year like last year, he's going to be asking for probably higher than that. Yep. Um, and then, but again, in Reinhardt's mind. If I have an off year, I'm still probably getting six, six and a half. So I probably would want more than that to sign now. So right. I think I'm looking like if he wants between six and a half and seven now, then I probably would consider doing that now and locking him up. And then I don't have to worry about it. I can focus on everything else. Right. Like Chad said, that's why I think you and I are both kind of, you know, of the idea that he'd tell you to buzz off. Like if you, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, just well, in general. Yeah. yeah. I can only go. Unless you're giving him over eight, like calling him, you know, offering him over eight. I think he's like, screw you, man. Like I'll wait. You know yeah. Right. Right. This worked for me once, you know. Yeah. I mean, it is a risk on both sides, but I think more of the risk is on the Sabre side of not at least making a phone call and seeing if there's a number. Because you never know. Maybe his side comes back and it's, yeah, fine, give us, I know it's not the exact cap, but give us give us the $6.9 million cap it over seven years. Or even just give us seven for seven. Give us seven forty nine. I think I would, I think I would do it. Now. Yeah. Right. People will hate it. There will be a lot of mad people mm-hmm. because not everybody appreciates and respects what he does. But I think that's that at the end of the day, that can be a pretty good value contract. Yeah. Now, it's not going to be as good if you would have been proactive last year. Right. But... Go ahead, you stick a finger Michael way in. Hello, this is Michael. I'm a friend of the show. <laughs> Question for Chad, who put out a 
very thorough article about uh, making the case for Reinhardt going back to center. If he does go back to center, if he proves himself to be a worthy second line center, how much of that, va- how much of his value goes up from a seven point five? Would you say? Is this your betrayal? That was my betrayal. <laughs> um. <laughs> so again, this is our second. Michael's transition. my ringer. <laughs> Oh, he's planted in the audience. He's like an infomercial guy. This is our but second what about transition. ShamWow does it all. He's planted. So I guess we'll go about it this way. We'll start with it. We'll dive into the Reinhardt Center thing. Is because to be honest, you know, I talked to you a little bit about it. Yeah. There was a lot more, I think, openness to it than I thought there was going to be. There was going to be a lot of fights. A lot of people being like, no, no, no way, not a chance. Yeah, because I messaged you after it. I'm like, yeah. hey, did you see how like well people are taking right. this? Because yeah. the night before, we talked about it. And we're yeah. like, yeah, we're going to both have to defend it. We're going to team up here because this is going to get bad. And everyone's right. just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm here for it. It's like, yeah. Wait, really? Like, cool. It's funny because I text Chad and I said, you really started my day off at 8 a.m. with a Reinhardt Center. <laughs> and I get in there and I see 20 comments. I'm like, this is going to be good. Yeah. And everything was like positive. I was yeah. like, what is going on here? Yeah, but, yeah I mean, it's... Chad hired a firm out of Bangladesh. Yeah, pretty much. Just called plant. Spam, (laughs) spam positive comments. I put out Twitter bots out there to kind of be positive about it. But it's, it's, in regards to the center thing in general, you know, to kind of break my whole premise about it, my whole thought process about it, is it's going to be hard to get a center this summer. They are hard to get. Now, Kevin Hayes could be off the board. And if he's not, it looks like he's probably going to Chicago. Duchesne, while the Sabres are interested, it looks like it's Nashville and Montreal. So your free agent centers are gone. And then really only free agent center that's arguably available is William Carlson, but it sounds like Vegas is going to move Colin Miller, who the Sabres should absolutely trade for, and they're going to move, I always forget his name, the other forward they have there, the guy who got kicked out of the game seven, whatever his name is. Um, yeah, look it up. Whoever that forward is, they're going to trade him. Cody Eakin. Oh, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna move him, and they'll have the space to sign Carlson as a restricted free agent. Again, it's a restricted free agent, so they have the power over him. He really can't like right. go somewhere. So I think they'll get that done. So then, by the way, you can always make it work. You can always make it work. Just want to throw that out there. Yep. So this again brings you to well, where are you getting your center from? Where are you improving? And you really, I don't think you can go into next year as again, again with yeah. Sam Reinhardt and like Evan Rodriguez as your second. Now, I love Evan Rodriguez. But I don't. I can't have him be my fallback if Reiner, right. if, if Middleside isn't ready again. So that's why I think Reinhardt is the guy who is again. It was only a 12 game sample he got, which I think even going into when I looked into it, I thought he played a lot more games. <laughs> but I went through every single game, looked at his teammates, his line mates who he played with, and it was only those 12 games. Yeah, yeah, they were good. Anything else? Caffeine? No, we're good. No. Oh, good man. Hookers, what are you? <laughs> 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 so yes, the Iron Buffalo owner did this ask me on the hookers. So just, I'm kidding. Can't be in hookers. He's like, how you doing, man? I've got the hookup. He did not know this was live. <laughs> I know we're recording this in King's Landing. <laughs> oh man, we Game of Thrones. Everything's King's Landing nowadays. Uh, I do actually get some hockey questions for you guys. Okay. If uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, my buddy from Maryland is messaging me. Okay. Your opinions because he listens to your podcast. Oh, wow. I know, right? Thank you. Yeah. Throw them at me. Let's go. Throw them at me. All right. We're gonna we're, we'll come back to Reinhardt in a little bit here. We appreciate you letting us. We yeah. do. We do appreciate you letting us come in. This is fun yeah, so far. No problem. You guys are at, this is awesome. Anytime you want to do it. Okay. All right. Yeah, Good to know. Sweet. 
Let me get out of the way here so you can go. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge hockey guy. And I've been, I played, I followed Sabres. So when this was brought up, I was like, oh, yes. So, what for you guys? Wait, Skinner side. Okay. What's next? Who do we have to get? What position do we fill in free agency? I just see the okay. So who do we get? Chad's race about is very organized. <laughs> what are we getting next? I'm just writing down your question. Chad's just being super careful so there's not a second betrayal. He's like, let me make sure I understood this perfectly in case Anthony talked to the owner ahead of time. Out. Now I'm paranoid. Um, is that your only question? Oh, no. Okay. Well, let me tell me all your questions and we'll kind of we'll go through them. We'll do it that way. No, we're good. No, it's cool. By the way, for those listening, this is going to be the topics we're going to cover for the rest of the podcast. So listen and pay attention to where the questions are. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. Now, my friend Joe in Maryland, he listens to you guys all the time, and he, he thinks you guys are great. And he said that he really wants to know your opinions on Risto. Mm. Uh-huh. There was a rumor where Botterell was asking coaching candidates if they think they can rehab yes. this game. Yep. What are your thoughts? Okay. I think we're all vehemently Risto haters here, but yeah. go ahead. <laughs> you're not, not going to get a lot of uh, cross, you know, cross boarding here. There's not going to yeah. be a lot of debate. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I'd call myself a hater of Rasmus Ristolainen because he has good value. <laughs> he's a, he, he, and other GMs might be listening, so he's actually yeah. really good. He's actually great, but you've got to give to get. No, um, yeah, I mean, he's got. A, I think you have a less than 50% chance and maybe far less than 50% chance of adjusting his deployment, right? Adjusting how he's used and reaping of a relevant enough benefit to justify the cap hit that he demands, right? So his cap, I believe, is 4.5. 5.4. 5.4. Yeah, I just flipped my numbers. Um, 5.4, right? So if you're kind of reducing him and optimizing him, where he kind of lands as a third-pairing defenseman, ideally... He's no longer worth 5.4, right? So you've got to sell high on him, in my opinion, this summer. I think his value only goes down on the trade market from here on out, just personally. Um, I know just to summarize where I'm at. Yes. Hopefully. Hopefully. That kind of segues us back to our, our Tampa Bay, you know, the, or I'm sorry, our, our second line center question because JT Miller was reportedly the guy, you know, who was maybe one of those. Uh, forwards coming back if if Tampa Bay was uninterested in dealing Cernak or Sorelli, which it appear, appears they are. So, I mean, here's for me, here's the thing. He's been in the league six years already. What are the chances that you're actually going to be able to change a guy who's been doing this now for six years? I think it's, it's pretty low. Right. Um, and the other thing, it actually kind of answers your first question. Where do we go from here? You need to rehash your, your forwards. So you need that second line center if you can get it. How are you yeah. getting that? Your biggest chip is wrist line. You really don't Easily. have anyone else after that. You're late you can move. Back. That's it. Right. right. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, other than wrist line, if you're looking to make a, a change, a big change to this team, and kind of, not overhaul, but for, for, to a point, you have to change because obviously it didn't work last year. Um, wrist line is your, your chip. If, if you're going to go get somebody that's actually going to make a, a bit large impact, uh, wrist line is the guy you're going to have to move. And to, I think to Anthony's point, I don't think your value is going to be any higher than now because of Rasmus Stalin. He's going to start taking over the power play minutes. He's not going to be getting as many points. Um, and I, I just I don't think Risto is going to keep up with what he's been doing the last couple of years. No, that's, fan- that's a fantastic add-on, right? Yeah, I mean, the power play is going to be big. I know it's 2019. I know analytics are, are a huge part of the game. 
but there is still a GM, several, I would think, GMs out there who hold Rasmus oh Ristolainen yes. in high regard. Absolutely. I don't want to, I've heard a couple Easily. times, like, well, GMs are wise to this now. You know, they understand the analytics. They, they see his numbers. Let me say something. Jim Rutherford, okay, he traded for Eric Goodbrinson yeah. last year. So don't tell me. And signed Jack Johnson. And signed Jack Johnson, right? So don't tell me that every GM in the league is. Yeah, right, right. Is <laughs> suddenly savvy to this, right? I, can t- I, I would be willing to bet. I think you're over under on amount of GMs who would be interested in Rasmus Ristolainen, at least to the extent where they part with something of value. I want to say it's over half. I would think so. Yeah. I was talking to Kevin, and you know Kevin on Twitter, and he, I, I said to him, we're talking about, like, what do they do to fix the team, and Ristolainen came up, and I, and I said to him, I'm like, and, you know, talking about Risto, I said, well, half the teams know he's not good, and he's like, that's, that's like, way overestimating power. Probably a quarter yeah. of the teams know he's not good. Right. Like it's so I'm any Kyle Dubas and John Chaco. Like right, right, right. Just yeah. look at Minnesota Carolina this year. Right. I mean obviously Minnesota doesn't really I don't think they need a wrist to line in, but I, I mean what the trade Rasp for uh, Nino Rider. Yeah, Nino Rider straight up. I mean, right. just look at, look at and that. look at Minnesota as it is. Go trade with Minnesota. Yeah, they, they, he's drunk at the wheel right now. I don't yeah, know. He, he, got rid of, he got rid of all the smart people. Then he's trying to hire smart people again, which doesn't make any sense because he had the two smartest. But I'll keep Boudreaux. Right. Just, it's, yeah. it's, so, yeah, go trade with him because he wants to trade Zucker for, like, for a leak. Like, go right. figure out like, <laughs> yeah. how to get him. Like, did you see, like, the spectrum of, like, how weird their demands were from every team, right? That report where yeah. it was like, how about Zucker for Kessel? And then he turns around and like, how about Zucker for Froelich? It's like, those are not the same at all. Like, <laughs> like, like what? You know what I mean? I, I wish I could remember more of the guys on that list, but it was just yeah. like, they were all over the board. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, it's... Like, if you heard the Victor Rask thing, I don't know if everybody heard this, like, the story was the Minnesota reporter yeah. said that with Victor Rask, they simply just made a phone call to Carolina to trade Nino Niederreiter, yeah. and they were like, We'll give you Rask. We'll give you Rask. Like, okay, fine. But, like, they never scouted Rask. <laughs> like, they never looked into him. They're, he just came up, apparently, in, like, a meeting they had, like, a month or two before. Wait, just, is that just not came up. <laughs> And, like, they were like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll do that. Sounds good. Like, what? I really think this is why you... They should be calling more than they actually are. Yeah. Because you might get that phone call once. Right. Right, and you get it once and... Jeez. Yeah, I mean, it's... Go ahead. All right, so... Michael, back to you. Assuming the market for Risto Line is as good as you all think it is, who do you, who would you want to get or think you should get for Risto Line and Alone? So are you talking, like, straight up? Straight up. Well, let me, let me clarify. I think there will be a market for him. Is the market going to be great? I don't know that. Now I think... Because now you're getting the fit, cap space. Exactly. Because he does carry a $5.4 million cap here for the next, I think it's four years. The other Is that what it is, four years? 20, yeah. yep. 21, 22. So there is some money involved in here. So like a team like Winnipeg came up, for example, as an option. Now if you're trading him to Winnipeg, Winnipeg can't afford to take money. So you got to take money back. So you're going to probably have to take... Winnipeg is either going to dump Perot or they're going to dump Kulikov. And there's not a chance in hell that Kulikov is waving to come back here anyway, yeah. regardless. So oh, yes, that's Perot. not happening. Perot. I would take Perot because Perot is still good. Yeah. And he fits a need. Right. Yeah. And then you're, you're going to get one player out of it probably, which is going to be Truba. Ehlers or Truba, yes. which is a great, yes. which is, would be a great move. If you can trade Ristolainen and something, and maybe we go back to Nylander, right? Maybe right. this is the deal. Yeah. Ristolainen and... Right. Oh, you can add, you can oh, add yeah. more into Ristolainen it. Ristolainen and Nylander, if, the, if you can get Perot and Truba back, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I would do that. Right. Yeah. Right. All day. But again, look at a like, team like Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Now, Tampa Bay would trade for him, right. but they're going to probably play him as a third-line 
or third pair right shot defense when he gets on a power play minutes. Right. They're not going to give you Sorelli and Cernak. It's just not going to happen. Right. So while I think they're interested, I think they're interested to an extent. They're not going to give you their best players or prospects young guys, but if you're going to take Callahan, which I think still could be a nice 13th forward for you for one more year, and then he goes away, it's whatever. And then, you know, can you get Matthew Joseph? Can you get JT Miller? Um, a lot of people said Tyler Johnson, but honestly, I'm not a big Tyler Johnson fan at his age. Right. Also, I don't think he's waving his full no-move clause to come here either. What do you think if you could get Miller and Kalorn? That's fine. You good but with that? I'm not taking... Uh, that's fine, but I'm not I'm taking Kalorn or Palat or Kalorn and Palat. I, I, I'm not doing that. I'll take Kalorn and somebody else. Right. But I'm not just taking Kalorn. Like, they're like, okay, here, take Kalorn and Palat, and that's it. Like, no, 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 no. Right. I need Miller to be part of the deal. Or somebody, or Matthew Joel, or something of young value. Uh, no, JT Miller. <laughs> JT Miller. <laughs> I need... I need something Jake of value. Some sort of Miller. Drew Miller? Miller. 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 Right. Right. Um, so this may be an unpopular opinion. Bum bum. I, I know, right? Betrayal. Betrayal. Number three. <laughs> three and four. That four might go up. That four is definitely going to go up. step in. And he's going to improve Risto's game. I think Risto is going to be a, a second line D and get uh, turn his game around, turn his career around. So you think it was a communication thing? Because that's that's Kruger's bailiwick. Where are you coming from on that? I'm thinking because from listening to Kruger talk about how to coach and his philosophies and how he likes to work with younger guys. How uh, Connor McDavid came out and said the guy was amazing. Uh, Vanek came out and said the guy was the ultimate, ultimate communicator. I think this might be what Risto was needed from the beginning. So much pressure was put on him from the beginning to be the guy to be number one. And he was doing okay at first, and then he's, he's gone under. I'm almost looking at it kind of like an alcoholic that's going to go into rehab and come out a better person. I mean, don't get me wrong. Then we trade him by Christmas. But I just think he's going to turn around, and he's going to be like he's gonna be like a, a second pair of hmm. All right, so let me, before we answer that question. We're ending on our first hour here. We have like three minutes left before tell us to shut off on me. We have to go to our second hour. So let's let's table that. Save that. But I want to get the rest of your questions in. So are, are there any other questions that you want us to write down to touch on the rest of the show? Yes. Okay, so let's get the rest, let's get all the questions you have and okay. let's write them all down. So, uh, again, my, uh, my friend in uh, uh, Maryland okay. wants to know what the chances are of the Sabres acquiring Kevin Hayes. Okay, Kevin Hayes. I'll tell him. I'll answer that quickly. It's not good because he's either going to Philadelphia or to Chicago. Yeah, his, so, rights, his rights just got traded, essentially. I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah. So, so Kevin no, Hayes is gone. We'll cross him right off. <laughs> and, uh, and then here's a good one. It's kind of a mix of my shop and what's going on here. If Jack Eichel was a Dungeons & Dragons character, oh, what no. would he be? Anybody know Dungeons and Dragons? Paladin, because that's the only thing I know. He's that's the only paladin. nomenclature I have. Answer. <laughs> I've dropped the word paladin like three times on this podcast alone. If you put an over under on it at the beginning, I'd have said zero. <laughs> All right, so we'll ask you. So you have you have two minutes and forty five seconds. We'll ask you because we don't really know Dungeons Dungeons Dragons that much. What Dungeons and Dragons character do you think he would be? Wizard. You know, I pro- uh, could be a wizard. I think I would go paladin actually. Betrayal number three, Chad. I know (laughs) Dungeons and Dragons very well. He seems very lawful. He's a... not cheap yeah. shot. Example, you can, he's like well, leader. except last year. You, well, you know, we're all remote. And you can, you can count on Every him. Every paladin gives a paddle in once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
say it depends who your god is when you're a paladin. So okay. if your god wants you to go out and cheap shot someone, you do it. If your okay. god is Jason Botterill, you do the damn thing. Jason Goderill. <laughs> um, and my other question for you guys, too, okay. is how do you feel up to this point the Bagulas are doing with the Sabres? Mm. Because I'm sensing the tide turning on them a little bit because they keep screwing up. I, for one, support our billionaire overlords. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good paladin right there. That's a good paladin right there. All right. I mean, you know, we here at Iron Buffalo love the Pagulas too. We'd love to have them come down for a free coffee. Um, but or a three hundred dollar coffee, <laughs> whatever sounds fair. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's pretty much my. Uh, and then also, I would love to hear your personal taste on your favorite all-time saver. Ooh, that's okay. fun. All right, that's fun at the end. All right, so we're at the end of hour one here. So we're going to give our voices like a five-minute break because we are not professionals that do this for two hours every single week. So some of our voices might be a little coarse. Horse. Coarse. Uh, so we're going to stop here in hour one. We're going to five-minute break, five to ten minutes, uh, cut our breath, and we'll be back for hour two with a lot of the questions that Will, the owner of Iron Buffalo, brought up. And then also we're going to circle back on the Reinhardt Center that we never finished that. So we're going to circle back on that and much more in hour two. So thanks for listening. That's the end of hour one of the hard episode of Beyond the Blade. We'll be back in about five to ten minutes. See you soon. Sweet. Awesome.